Welcome to the Successful Salon Club, where I believe that marketing your business is about creating connections straight to the heartbeats, one conversation at a time. Good evening and welcome to the Successful Salon Team Training Room. I have an absolute storm of an interview for you tonight. So whatever you are doing, stop. Grab a pen and paper, a glass of wine if you prefer, but you're going to be making lots and lots of notes while we unpack the amazing brain of Mary Cromies. Good, oh, good afternoon, good evening, Mary, or oh, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning, but good evening to all of you. Yes, it's 11 here in the morning in sunny San Diego. It, oh, is it beautiful over there today? It is, it is. The sun is starting to peek through. Um, Robert and I are definitely have on our agenda to go for a dip in the ocean. Uh, and uh, we have a, uh, a Zoom hair jam tonight at 6 p.m. our time. Our and yeah, to educate and uh, support Black Lives Matters and just to have fun doing hair and everyone doing whatever they want to do. There's 40 artists and anyone can do whatever comes from their heart and soul. You've got DJs and everything, haven't you? So yeah. Really cool. So I don't actually know what that works out for um, our time, actually. I think that's like in the morning at some point. But yeah. I think it's 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Oh, okay. Maybe we won't be live. Oh, <laughs> no. Crazy English people on the line at 3 a.m. <laughs> having a jam with you. So we've had a bit of a journey just to fill you in and what we're up to in the Successful Salon Team training room. We've had them. Um, a bit of a journey where we're unpacking average bills. So Ken West, um, I interviewed him on Monday and we talked about what an average bill is and um, how it is so important inside of our business. And then I went live on Friday with my ground zero strategy, how I took my average bill from the beginning of my hairdressing journey at £16.28 um, up to £89, the salon average bill, not my personal one. So now we're going to be looking at unpacking stylists. Um, average bills. So the salon is one thing, but how do we bring the salon up? We need to make sure that the stylists in the mix all have great bills. And that's where you come in, Mary. Because I, I messaged Robert and was like, hey, do you know anyone that, that has an amazing average bill before lockdown that could share with us what they do? And he was like, yeah, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> He's always my biggest cheerleader. I'm so lucky. You are. He <laughs> you and it's I love watching your story and, and how you two um, are it's, it's beautiful so before we go into that tell us a little bit about who you are and your suppose your journey up until now oh geez well I've been doing hair for over 25 years I've been in it I went to beauty school during high school so in America we call it vocational training so I went during my um, 11th and 12th grade year and I got my license when I was 17 and I always wanted to do hair. I had no idea it could be like this, where I'd work in a cool salon where blow dryers come down from the ceiling, or you could work for a manufacturer or go to a hair show. I didn't know any of that. But I ended up, um, I was working at one place that wasn't spectacular and just trying to figure out how to cut hair because I didn't really learn. You know, I was like, I don't know how to do this. Like I'm doing stuff, but I not because I know what I'm doing. And um, for sure, it was a good lesson in your personality can carry you a long way. If you're kind to people and treat them right, they'll think you're great and you might not have given them a great haircut. But there was another hairdresser there, this gentleman named Peter, who was like, you do not belong here. 
you need to go down the street. There's another gentleman. He's got a, this really cool salon. He has an assistant program. Go apply there. He's like, and so I quit that day. And I think I might have just turned 18. And so I went to go down the street and I see this salon. It's beautiful. It was called Centro Bellezza. Um, and it was gorgeous. It was a freestanding building. They had an assistant program. And I was like, oh my God, you're gonna teach me how to do hair. This is awesome. And the the gentleman who owned it, his name was Julio. And he was a Paul Mitchell educator, motivational speaker for them. So he used Paul Mitchell products in his salon. And I had known about Paul Mitchell products because I have aunts and cousins that are hairdressers that used it. So like the smell was very nostalgic to me. And Early on, when I first started, I only worked for him for about two years, but early on, there was an opportunity to go. Um, the sales consultant came through and was like, hey, do you have any like new talent that you'd want to send to an educator and training program? And he was like, yeah, okay. He sent all of the assistants is what we called them at the time. So we all went and I was like, oh my God, I'm in love. So the educator that was teaching, you know, she started talking about texture and formation and how you assign the right product to go with that texture to change the texture of someone's hair. And it's a fabric. And I was like, this is awesome. I think I found my tribe. And she was just really like introduced me to a whole new world of hairdressing and what it really was and like the inside scoop. And so I fell in love with it and I went through the program and I became an educator at 18 for Paul Mitchell. And it was, I mean, I just couldn't get enough of it. I still can't, I crave it. But Julio also at the time, we would have VHS tapes because it was that long ago in the nineties. And, you know, he would say, watch this video, watch this guy. He's amazing. Learn this haircut. He's amazing. L watch this guy. He's amazing. So I keep watching this guy and it's Robert Cromings. He's, you know, he was um, on the artistic team for Paul Mitchell. So he was the guy on the videos doing all these haircuts. So I'm like, this is great. And it was volumetrics. And that was my introduction to like condensed haircutting, which was great because I wasn't, you know, technically trained with like those little tiny sections. And Julio took me to my very first hair show in New York City. It was the IBS. And then that's where I met Robert. So I met Robert. I met Stephanie Kachelski. I met Robert's whole salon team. He was traveling. His team, his crew would come with him to help do hair shows. And because Julio was an educator, he could go backstage. So I got to be a model, I got my makeup done, I got my hair chopped off on stage, all this kind of stuff. And I just like drank the Kool-Aid real fast because I was like, this is where I need to be. I want to join the circus. I love these people. This is what I'm doing. So that kind of set me off on that avenue and or that journey, that path of joining Paul Mitchell and doing my classes. And Julia was great with always having me do like, okay, where do you see yourself in a year, two years, five years? And I was like, I learned that Robert only hired out of beauty school or from out of state. So I was like, I'm going to work for that Robert Cromines guy. I already know his whole team. I think that they would love to have me working with them. <laughs> I want to work with them. They're so cool. And so I did. I moved out West when I was 20 and um, I didn't have the job. I didn't even know I needed a, a new license. I had my New York state license because I came from upstate New York. I didn't even know I needed a different license for a different state. I was so green. I was just like, I got my New York license. That's good enough. <laughs> so I went and I applied and they hired me. And like three months later, they were like, we need your license. So I give over my driver's license. They're like, no, your hairdressing license. And I was here it is. They're like, that's New York. I was like, yeah, that's where I have a license. <laughs> I, had to go back to the, I had to go to the local beauty school, sign up. And they have like... Um, uh, reciprocity classes, basically. So they teach you how to do state board for that state. So I had to go back to school for like a month. 
Like my mom loaned me money to pay for it and I would go to school during the day and then go to work at night. And so I got my license, but so silly. Like I was like, got my license. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in England, that's it. You do it once. I'm so very European. <laughs> <laughs> Is it that different in different states? Is there much that changes? No. It's really not. It's we all have different hours, which is crazy. So when I went to beauty school in New York State, it was a thousand hours, okay. which is nothing. Um, it took me two years because I was in high school, so I only went like two and a half hours a day. But here in California, it's sixteen hundred hours. So right. if you go to day school, you go for eight hours a day, Tuesday through Saturday, and it takes just under a year if you go to school every day. Their night school is five hours a day. It takes two years to get through night school, but. Every state is different. I think New York is now 1250. Some places are 1500. And, but for the most part, which is very ironic because in this time, your state board test, and I'm not sure if you guys have to take a test, but in your state board test, you do do a practical. I did it on a real person. Now it's down to a mannequin head. Um, but it's really, you don't have to know how to cut hair, color hair, or anything. It is really about sanitation and disinfecting. So you will fail your test. If you drop your comb and you pick that comb up and use it again, even if it's on a mannequin head, you're done. You have to have your, you know, your soiled container. You have to have your clean container. You can drop your comb, but you have to make the biggest deal about here's my comb. I'm going to wash it. I'm putting it in the soiled container. Yes. I'm taking out a brand new comb that is completely disinfected and sanitized, cleaning the, like it is so much on sanitation and disinfectant that that's what you'll fail on. If you cut a crooked line, they're not going to fail you. If you do a bad fingernail, they're not going to they're not going to fail you on that. It's the sanitation and it's the standard of sanitation that we're held to as hairdressers. So amazing. Amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. So what is it that actually um really really excites you about our industry? Oh my gosh, everything. I mean, it's just it's forever changing. Even though we have our foundation, it's just, it's forever changing. When I'm behind the chair every 45 minutes or hour, I have somebody new. I have a different, you know, I have a different situation in my chair at all times. And it, you know, I just feel like for me, I just, I can't get behind. I can't get dull and boring and not know the latest and the greatest because my, my guests are looking to me for that. So I feel like for me, it's just, it's full of excitement. The people you meet, no matter like, I mean, I'm talking to you, you're all the way in the UK. We're connected because of hairdressing. Absolutely. And, you know, and it's just no matter where I am in the world, if I, I can find hairdressers, you know, I find my people and we're forever connected. And it's so cool because working with Paul Mitchell as an educator, no matter where we go in the world, no matter what the flight is like or what getting there is like, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, once I get into like doing a model call and doing my model prep, I feel like I've worked with those people forever and they could be doing hair one day, but we're all, you know, on the same page, no matter what. And it's just, it's so cool. It's so fun. Like the relationships I've gotten to make, whether it's with other hairdressers or my guests, I mean, it's, a, there's nothing like it. It really, it fills my cup. It fills me up to give somebody that when I'm behind the chair and someone's like, I look crazy, can't take these gray hairs. I can't take this, blah, blah, blah. I feel like shit. And then you do like something so minor, like a base touch up or, you know, a little trim to make their ends look nice and a treatment and their hair feels good and you blow their hair out and they're like, oh, I am a new woman. You just made me feel human. I look like a new person. I can go out and take on the world. For me, that's like instant gratification. I need that. I need to, I'll probably be behind the chair till I'm like 90. <laughs> 
it's I think really at the minute as well where everybody's been in lockdown and now they've come out and the the honestly there's tears happening in the chair oh, you know? yeah. people are so grateful to have had their hair done and it really is more special I think now than it has ever been and it's always been the most amazing industry to be in but right now it's just magical it really is you've um, been closed back down again haven't you yes that's not so magical no. <laughs> so how's that work well you know it sucks i can only see the silver lining though i feel like we it was almost four weeks it was just like four weeks in one day we were open so we reopened on june 11th and then we got closed down on the 12th or the 13th so it was almost exactly four weeks so you know, it sucks, but the good thing is we already had one shutdown under our belt, so it doesn't seem so unknown or so like scary or like, oh my God, what's going to happen? We've already, you know, Robert did a crazy build out and um, made all of these adjustments to the salon that were, they're so incredible. Our salon is, both salons are just so incredible right now. And, you know, we won't change them back to the way they were. They were, they were great before, but it's just gone to the next level. So Right now, we don't have to worry about an indoor build out. We're ready to go when they tell us we can reopen. However, we're waiting patiently. I got 42 minutes till our governor, Gavin Newsom, comes on TV to do his press conference because um, right now what he had said was any business that's indoor cannot work indoors. You can work outdoors. So that means all of our gyms, CrossFit and everything, they're outside right now. They're on sidewalks. They're in their parking lots. It's really cool. People are adapting. Yeah. All the restaurants, like one of the streets near our house, they're closing starting the 22nd, I think, starting tomorrow tomorrow or the next day. They're closing down the street so the restaurant can go beyond their patio and go into the street and do that. However, the State Board of California has said that hair salons cannot go in the street. You cannot go outside because you're not in your licensed business. So they're very like strict on these standards. And, you know, obviously these things are put into place before a pandemic. But if you look back at all the pictures of like the Spanish flu, you see all these barbers outside with their masks on and cutting hair and all this craziness. So we've been appealing and appealing. So today they're gonna let us know what we can do outside. I, I know, fingers and toes crossed. Hopefully it's more than just hair cutting, but we're gonna try to figure it out. So that's exciting. And then I think the other thing for us is we can, we just got to have a second pause and we can look back at these last four weeks and see what we did that was really, really good. Because you go into it when you get to reopen, when they tell you, you know, they didn't give us a heads up. They just said last time on like May 28th in a press conference, okay, salons can open today. We were like, wait, what? All of our our, our phones were blowing up. Clients are calling, can I keep my appointment for tomorrow? And you're like, wait, no, we're not ready. We're not ready. You told us last week it wasn't till August and now you're telling us today that it's today. So this time we're a lot more like calm. We're, we're, we're set up. But now yesterday, Robert and I were at, um, we have a store called Home Depot. It's like anything you could get to build stuff in your house. There's patio furniture, things like that. So we're looking at umbrellas, gazebos, all of these things that we could put outside. Because if we bring it outside, it's, it is sunny San Diego and it is sunny and hot and it is summertime. So we have to protect our team, protect our clients and all of that stuff. So we're, we're looking at a, a mini makeover, but I know we're very lucky. The building that we're in, the association did an emergency meeting last week and they got all together to see if they would allow us to go outside. Cause that's the other thing. Um, we're at the bottom of these two residential buildings. And so they have, you know, you can't, there's certain things you can't do outside the building. 
Yeah. And uh, But they said yes right away. So I'm hoping I get to go back with them with good news that we can reopen and we'll give them the plans. But it'll probably take us a good week to, you know, organize it. Yeah. It has to be set up properly. But I'm excited yeah. for it. I'm ready to get back. Wow. <laughs> well, oh, we'll be able to Seats waiting, so I know. Let us know so that I can post it and let everybody else know what's happening. Yes, absolutely. Our guests have been so amazing too. I think last time they they were still amazing last time, but they were like, "Oh my god, what do you mean I can't get my hair done?" You know, they were very much like out of sorts. And now our guests, every single one, just we love you. Don't worry, we support you. If you can go outside, we're going to come outside. Don't worry about it. What can I do to help? I have people that are client, great, great clients that have been with our salon for over 20 years sending like, I'm an event planner, so let me send you my contacts so you can get these tents and all this stuff put up and umbrellas and people have been like so amazing. That's so cool. So, so cool. Okay, so that we can get you ready to go and get your uh, great information from your government, which we are yeah. hoping is a yes, a massive yes from above. Let's dive in really deep and unpack your average bill. Um, so you, you've got quite a consistent average bill inside your salon, haven't you? It's like $300 plus. How do you get that? consistently stable throughout the weeks what's your kind of magic formula if you like well what we discovered especially during the pandemic the first shutdown we really got to go through everything with a fine-tooth comb no pun intended and really see where our opportunities were and where we were lacking and you know it's one of those things where you just you have to look in the mirror and take it <laughs> and so we had noticed for ourselves and i'm not i i can only imagine that hairdressers are hairdressers around the world doesn't matter if we speak the same language, we speak the language of hair and we have a, um, an artistic heart and soul. So what we found was uh, many of our team, more than not, were not charging appropriately for their services and also not charging for all of their services. And so when we looked at this, we were like, oh my gosh, we one, we're losing so much money because I do inventory in the salon. So I'm thinking when I run my report for even just um, conditioning treatments, for example, I run my report for conditioning treatments. We're getting one amount, but when I'm doing my inventory, I'm ordering so much more. It's not equating. So they're not charging for it. Oh, I'll throw that in complimentary. Oh, I don't know if I want to charge for that. So we really boiled it down to, we didn't do an increase in our salon on pricing, but every team member has their own particular pricing based off of our five elements. So we have tasked them with honoring their pricing. So if your price, if your haircut price is $65 and you're only charging that person $40, you need to have that con conversation. Unfortunately, um, or actually fortunately, you had been receiving a discount for all of these years. I'm so happy you were able to enjoy that. But now, however, due to the rising cost of doing business and, you know, Mary's time, her is so valuable, I have to charge you her accurate pricing. So by just charging the accurate pricing, our whole entire salon team grew. Everybody grew. Everybody got a price increase by just charging what they're worth and what they've earned. So we didn't do an overall 20% for everybody. And some of the guests that were getting charged accur accurately, their price didn't change. Yeah. But when we go, so we started with consultation. We hired a company that's called Inspiring Champions. And it is um, this wonderful woman named Lauren Gartland. And she's been in the hair industry for over 30 years. She actually worked for Jean Bra, who was Paul Mitchell's stage partner in the beginning. And when we had just five products, she became Jean Bra's first million dollar salesperson with five wet styling products, no color, no bleach, no nothing. 
And so she's incredible. She understands the dynamic of the business. So we started with the perfect consultation with her. And I don't want to give it all away because she is just so incredible, but it really boils down to every stylist. We need to be better about talking about money. Yeah. Because nobody walks into any of our salons, whether it can be a, a small price point salon, you could be, you know, $10 for a haircut, or you could be a thousand dollars for a haircut. Regardless, Everybody has a certain budget. They don't walk into a salon thinking, I'm going to get this for free today. Just like when I go out to dinner, when me and Robert go out to dinner, I don't think I really want that filet that's going to be, you know, $75, but I hope they give it to me for free because they feel bad for me. Or, or they look at me and think I can't afford it. Or they think she probably doesn't want to pay for it, but she wants it. And we do that. We get in our own heads so much that we're like, oh my God, she showed me this Instagram picture. Clearly it is a full highlight, it's a toner, it's a shadow root, it's a treatment, it's a haircut because she wants that fashionable, you know, trendy lob that everybody's getting still. But, ooh, okay, so I'm gonna charge her this much for the highlight because she knows she's getting highlights and then we just don't discuss it. We don't talk about it. We assume, I think, and I think the challenge is because we don't pay for hair. You know, yeah. our friends do it, we don't pay for hair. I don't know if it's that we undervalue it, but we just can't believe sometimes that people would pay that much to get their hair done. Yeah. So we start ticking things off that we're not going to, oh, I'll just throw that toner on at the bowl. Oh, and we don't make a big deal about it. And I'm, and it's it's sad because we work so hard. We get so much education. Hairdressers spend more time, I'm pretty sure, than anyone else looking at new ways to be better, do better, get a, a new technique, new products. We invest in our products. We invest in our tools. You know, it's not like we buy one pair of gloves and we never buy them again. Or we buy a, a set of cool foils, a box for $20, and we never buy them again. We're constantly purchasing stuff to, you know, up our game and things like that. And I, it all has to start with the consultation and we have to get better about including in that consultation. This is the price. Does that sound good to you today? It's going to be $250 Jennifer for all that you want. It's listed out. I've listed it out for you. If you want this end result, this is what it's going to cost. Does that sound good? Shall we proceed? Yes, let's do it because there's nothing worse than sticker shock. No. If, if we don't say anything, and we, you know, we do everything and the hair, it doesn't matter how great the hair looks like. If they had in their brain, every time I come in, she does my hair and it looks great. And it's only, you know, $50, even though I'm doing something different, it's not the guest job to automatically know there's an increase in price or there's an add on for each thing that we have to do. It's not yeah. their job to know. It's our jobs to tell them. Yeah. So it's I the consultation. There's, it's actually quite funny because Barbara, um, Barbara, Barbara Cattery, who's on the call today, she does an amazing system inside consultations where she looks at the energy that a guest comes to the consultation with and the energy that a stylist comes to the consultation with. And we're actually unaligned. We need to work the opposite way. And she really unpacks that. Oh, I'd um, love to see that. Oh, she honestly, I'll put you in touch with her. She is just she blows my brain away. She's going to be coming in and teaching my guys. And she's done some stuff on a, an interview with the successful sound team training room for me as well. But it was really interesting learning that a stylist meets um, the guest with the creativity part of our brains. And we're like, yeah, we're going to do this. And we're going to do this. And we're going to do this. Well, actually the client wants to know they're in safe hands, wants a lower vibed energy, wants to understand a few things first before they get to the creativity part of the consultation. Absolutely. So knowing that and understanding which way around you need to be when you go into it, I think gives you 
almost a system to follow, which means that you don't almost like five step inside three, six yeah. months. Like exactly. you know exactly where you're at with the service, what step you're at, and it just happens because it's just part of what we do, isn't it? Yeah. I love what she does. Yeah. And I love what you just said about the fact that we need to have that conversation and stop being so bloody scared about price. Yeah. I mean, I just, people are, they're coming in to pay for it. They're coming in to pay for that service. And, you know, we have to be, we have to know our worth and be confident in it. And we also have to be okay with if somebody, you know, one of the questions we have asked for years in our consultations is, you know, Jennifer, what did you budget for your hair today? Yeah. Tell me what you budgeted because, okay, so this service is going to cost you $300. You've budgeted 150. So let's see how we can work around it to suit your, get you what you want in your budget. It may take a couple times. It might be 150 over two services. But we have to talk about that because it's not fair to the guests and it's not fair to us because, you know, if you give someone sticker shock and they weren't planning to pay for it, what are you going to do? In the U.S., we're like, okay, well, we're honor the other price. And then the stylist feels defeated because they did all this work. They didn't get properly compensated for it. And then it's awkward the next time the guest comes in. I mean, it just we have to be better about talking about money and feeling comfortable talking about it because if you truly believe these are the steps you need to take to get somebody to their end goal result, there's no shame in it. It's like everything costs something. Yeah. And it's not just on the head of the owner or on the shoulders of the owner to pay for those costs. It's, you know, you can't, you can't survive like that. You can't be a sustainable business and the stylist will never grow. Absolutely. I think a lot of it is a limiting belief from stylists. It's um, an association of a feeling when they either had to first pay for a haircut, because we've all had to pay for a haircut at some point in our lives. And maybe you remember sitting in that chair thinking, how much is this salon going to cost me? Have I got enough money? Like as when we were younger and we didn't really have yeah. disposable cash. And that sits inside of our brain and holds a limiting belief for us that everyone else is sat in that chair feeling the same. And what we don't do is open ourselves to the options that, you know, there's wealthy people that we are serving that have the money to pay for their hair. And so we just assume everybody wants a lower ticket, wants to pay less money because that's where we were at at the beginning mm -hmm. of our hairdressing journey, which of course it was. We were, how old? I was 14. <laughs> yeah, of course. What could you pay for? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you know, that was, that was a, that I've saved up my paper rounds money to go and get my hair cut in this salon that I wanted to go work in. And actually, probably um, the owner of that salon, who I then did manage to go and work in, she's on the call today. So, yeah, Karen, I saved up my pocket money to have my hair cut in your salon. And I did sit there going, have I got enough money? Yeah. Do you want a conditioning treatment? I was like, no, 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 I don't think I can afford it. And that's a limiting belief that is now met and that you associate, you transfer the energy yeah. of charging to that memory that you hold in your head. So I think we need to be very careful um, about that and reassign it to the fact that we are salespeople at the end of the day. We're selling yeah. our we're selling our time and we need to be compensated for it yeah. and it's not our job to decide what somebody can afford no. we've all had it happen to us if you walk into Harrods or you walk into some fancy store 
and somebody looks at you and they don't help you and they just decide she can't buy anything here. They've already made that decision. Whatever, maybe because it's the pink hair that is, I look like I don't have any money. Do you know what I mean? It just, you never know. There's always, we've all had it happen to us. We have all had it happen to us. And so even Robert, he's told you this before. I think it was, it was Herod's that they would not let him in. He was wearing like a $15,000 Alexander McQueen jacket. Nope, you're not coming in today. We don't think that you could buy anything here and we think you're gonna steal it all. And so it's just, it's not our job. It's not my job to decide what my guests can afford. And it's not my job because just like you said, I have guests who, because I, you know, I've been doing it for a while. So I do have the confidence to talk about money and the times that I forget to talk about it, I kick myself. Yeah. So I assume, oh, she won't mind or whatever. I always have to go back to just put it on the table because the more we know, then we're having an open conversation. It gives everybody the opportunity. And I have guessed that, you know, they do save their money to come to the salon because it's their, they want to come and get their hair done and it's a priority, but maybe it's not in their budget to do it every month. So they put a certain amount of money aside and they're still coming to get that service and they're still paying the high price, but they put the money aside. It's not maybe as disposable as certain other people, but it's not my job to decide how they can come across that money to pay for it. It's not my job to decide they can't afford it. If they've decided to come sit in my chair, they've decided that they can get their hair done with me. Oh, absolutely. Claire's just said, always be transparent, explaining all services and costs. Being honest is the best way to have a relationship without getting a relationship. You don't have a relationship with anyone else where you keep secrets because those relationships don't work. Yeah. Same with hair, you know, keeping the price back, being scared, that's keeping a secret from that, that heart connection that we need to be making. Yeah. And the guests, I mean, people are looking at these flat Stanley pictures on our iPhones of this beautiful hair with, with, you know, 14 steps that it took to get there and sometimes four hours. So the time investment along with the financial investment is the other investment we need to talk about with a guest because they come in and want this look that showed up in five seconds on their screen, but don't realize that it took that long. It's not their job to realize that it's our job to educate them. Yeah. So yes, yes, Jennifer, you can have this look, but you know, typically, you know, and I only have an hour and a half booked for you. I only have two hours booked for you. This is going to take much longer. So let's set a plan into play and I'll reschedule you for next week or a time where we can set aside four hours or whatever the time is going to be. But if you, because if you tell someone you're going to be done or you, we both assume it's going to happen in 90 minutes or two hours and it doesn't, there's a tremendous amount of disappointment. Like, well, I should have been gone by now. I have to pick up the kids. Oh, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, you're going to leave with wet hair and I didn't get to do this or I didn't get to do that. And it's, it's gone out the window. You, you know, you basically will lose your guests that way. You know, it's, you can't, it's hard to recover. Yeah. It's a hard one to recover from. So you have to talk about time investment, financial investment, and then also the maintenance of when you need to come back. Yeah. Are you able to come back in four weeks or are you trying to come back in eight weeks? Because those are two different things. Two different hair. Two different hair. Two different end results right there. So it's it's a lot of talking. It's a lot of educating. And like you're, like the girl had said, it's, it's a lot of being honest. Yeah. I'm a massive, massive fan of being honest with clients. <laughs> yeah, you have to. There's no other way to be, is there? But I think, I think the younger stylists sometimes don't have the confidence to do that. They just want to please. We're people pleasers. We want to make everyone smile and give them exactly what they want yeah sometimes we have to understand that by doing that we are disappointing them it's a bit like a piece of plain paper if you crumple that up 
and then try and pull it back out again for a flat, perfect piece of paper. It doesn't happen. And every time we disappoint a client, we're making another crease in a piece of paper and it, it never goes back again. So we have to remember that and make sure that we do everything in our power to give them what they want, how they want for the money that they want and be very open and honest. Speaking of time, Mary, do you charge per hour or do you charge per service? How's your um, pricing set up? That's a great question. Um, in our salon, we do both, uh, depending on the service. So right now, the things we charge hourly for are balayage, uh, platinum cards when somebody wants to go like from your hair color to all the way blonde, uh, extensions, uh, color corrections, and fantasy color. So we do those at an hourly rate. And that's really nice too. I feel like guests really, that resonates with them rather than in that instance, rather than giving them all the steps of what needs to be done, it's easier to say, you know, this is my hourly rate. I'm gonna, I include everything in that hourly rate. So whatever I need to do, you don't have to pick and choose what you can pay for. And we usually give, a, it can take up to this many hours. So it could be as much as this much. Okay. So let's unpack that a little bit for those watching on the call. So mm -hmm. your hourly rate is generally for technical services. So that includes a lot more money in terms of product um, and foil, et cetera, et cetera. So how do you, um, how do you sit and really decide how that is priced out? Because it would be different to an hour cut and finish time. Yes, I just have my beautiful husband coming <laughs> through the right now. Hi, Thanks for visiting. Um, so we're talking about hourly rates. So I had this kind of came up. I, other people were talking about it on the internet. And two years ago, I had a um, guest come in for a corrective color. She had um, like level three hair that we were coloring at one of our salons with like a level three N. And she wanted to be blonde. It was her birthday. She said she didn't care how long it took. She knew the whole, she was like, I don't care. This is, I'm not leaving till my hair is blonde. And she was perfect though, cause she had super long hair, willing to cut it, all that good stuff. So I just sort of blurted out cause I had been researching it on the internet and I said, okay, well it's $150 an hour and I don't know how long it's gonna take, but I'm prepared to stay here with you all day. And so I started with that one and then I started, then I worked backwards and obviously she was a perfect guest cause she was like, that's fine, I'm here. Like you're doing my hair, that's it. And that doesn't happen all the time. That was like a one in a million, but it was a perfect setup. So I believe in the end, her hair, um, it ended up taking, um, it ended up being $900 for her service. And I did get her blonde. I got her to a level nine and it was beautiful and perfect. And she still comes to our salon and it was, it worked a charm. That was like praying to the color gods and all of that. Yeah, it was on that one. Yeah. But, but the thing that helped was by me saying to her, it's $150 per hour. It could take up to eight hours. We made that calculation. And then I said, it could be this much, which I don't know what eight, eight, eight hours times 150 could be, but it was well over a thousand. 1200. So I had, so basically I had promised less, delivered more. I had told her it could go as far as eight hours. It ended up rather than being 1200 was 900, but it was an easy calculation rather than me saying, well, I, I'm going to have to, I might have to mix up 20 bowls of lightener for you. I might have to rinse you two times. I might have to do four different toners because you're one color with your gray roots, another color through the mid shaft and another color through the ends. I'm going to have to do multiple conditioning treatments. And those are like, I didn't have to do any of that. She said, you just do what you need to do in that time. Amazing. So, I know, but I think you hit the big part of this is hair colors become more complex over the years. 
everything's corrective. It's all going over top of something else. And I think hairdressers are really bad at adding up the bowls, adding up the time. So typically they're mixing and I like to mix smaller amounts fresher, but to me, uh, shadow root, all these different differentials all take application products. So when it's an hourly rate, it's all inclusive. And I think that's a beautiful thing to do. And again, I think it could be a place for hairdressers to go in so many aspects. But, um, you know, I just think that the clarity and transparency to a client on price is a very slippery slope. And uh, I think that's where this becomes a much easier place for them to recognize what it's going to cost. And it did take three hours or it did take two hours. And I think it's a place to go. It's so true. I think you're on to something, honey. <laughs> you are. So I found that what ended up, it, how it ended up turning out was, I think like a good formula to use, and it's just a recommendation. It's not like set in stone, but this is what we're using in our salon. If you do 20, if your haircut normally takes an hour and you're going to charge hourly, if you charge 20% over your um, haircut price and add that to your haircut price, that can be your hourly rate. So my haircut is $125. The 20% makes $25, you know, $24.50, whatever. So the $150 made sense. Now that day, I just said $150 because I was actually trying to talk her out of getting her hair done because I knew it was going to be a lot of work. And I didn't know that I could get all of that dark color out of her hair. So I actually was trying to shock her at that moment because she wasn't booked for a corrective color. She was just booked for color. And so... I was like, oh God, like, okay. And like, let me just throw out something. Like it just came out. I don't know. But luckily, like I said, the color gods were with me and it all worked out. She said, yes, it happened to work out perfectly. But then when I went backwards to figure it out, I was like, well, this did work out. And actually when I, I did try to keep track of everything a la carte, just for my own knowledge to say like, was that the right price for me to do? And it actually worked out pretty much even if I charged, if I charged everything the way that I had used it, but I know for sure, if I did not charge her that hourly rate 150%, I would have backtracked on charging. I would have been like, oh, maybe I won't charge for that extra four bowls of lightener. I, ooh, I'm probably not going to charge for that second and third conditioning treatment because she's already paying for one. I would have dumbed it down a lot to make it easier for her and easier for me so I wouldn't have flinched so much on checkout. Yeah. But it's it a great so way to what was that? Sorry. It was so much easier doing the hourly rate and just giving her a time frame so she knew what her max could be could be. Yeah. It and like it made it so much more easy for me to be able to say, okay, I'm gonna do what I have to do to get her hair to look right. And I'm not worried about every time it's taking one more step. Yeah. She already yeah. knew she might be there for eight hours. It could take four hundred steps. It doesn't matter as long as for me, as long as I didn't go over those eight hours with her and I got her out in that time, I was okay. And that worry of every time you're mixing a bowl up thinking, Jesus Christ, this is adding on the price, that's gone for you. So now your creativity yeah. and your mind is fully focused on the guest and the result, not the guest, the result, the price. Is she going to be upset with me? Is this going to work out okay? Yeah. So you were able to have a really good service and be as, as creative as you could possibly be in that time. Yeah, and just being able to get the job done. But I do encourage to do the cross-check of when you set that hourly rate for yourself, I do encourage the cross check of a la carte everything too, just to make sure that you're in the right ballpark. Yeah. Because you don't want, and if you're a little bit under in your hourly rate, then maybe you need to, the next time you should go up a little bit more so you can see what it, you know, what it takes and what, what the cost truly is yeah. to what you're doing. So there's, you know, there's no shame in increasing it. 
No, not at all. We know that for a full head of foils, it takes in price roughly about 15, 17 pounds in terms of foil and colour. So you, that, that's about right, really. That's yeah. when an increase. Um, yeah, it's about spot on. Good. I like that since you're recording. <laughs> we, uh, we're going to TM this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> No one else is allowed to uh, do this. This is something that Jennifer Louise and Mary Cromines have just pulled yes. out. Yep. <laughs> We're coining it. It's ours. <laughs> right, guys. I know you've got this um, this massive thing that you've got to go off to and find out whether you're going to be able to open up your salon again. So fingers crossed. I'm wishing you the absolute best result that could possibly happen for you today. Oh, in, thank you. In, I think about 20 minutes. So. We're going to wrap up so that you can go grab yourself a coffee and settle down ready for the announcement. But Mary, thank you so much for jumping on this call with me. Um, Thank you for popping in. Well, I think I (laughs) set it up She said it in the beginning. (laughs) Yes, she did say you were the one. So thank you for giving me a plug. Now you know who really works for who here. (laughs) Getting me, getting me uh, this wonderful interview with you. It's nice to see you again. So thank you so much for including me in this. we're, We're always here for you. We're um, we're on Facebook. It's live on YouTube as well, and I will be downloading the recording tonight and turning it into a podcast as well. So it's like everywhere. Thank Um, you you so so much for spending your time with us, Mary and Robert. I really really appreciate you and what you've done for us. You're always there. Like yeah, I've just got to ping a message. You're like yeah, I'm in. I'm there. I'm there. It's brilliant. Thank you so much. And I look forward to spending some time with you both again soon. Um, and have the most amazing rest of your day. Good luck this evening with your Thank jam you. fest. Yeah. And All right. Enjoy. <laughs> right guys you heard it here first so i'm packing exactly how to do how to raise your average bill so that your stylist can all start to level up at the same time which will bring the salon average bill up as well so have a think about what mary and i just discussed Um, pricing in terms of hourly pricing for technical services, adding on that 20%, working out whether that works for you, does that need to be 30%, how could you raise that, so that your stylist can really have the best um, experience that's that's not so worrying for them when they're coloring hair, um, that allows them to be creative and that allows them to charge the correct pricing more importantly without dumbing off some of the bowls of color or the toner or the treatment that may be that and we've all done it god the amount of times i've got to reservations charged somebody and gone bugger i just done a bloody treatment and i forgot I don't take it off. I'm not I'm not one of those stylists that's like, oh, I won't charge him for that. Like, I bloody charge for everything. Mine's my pea brain that forgets. And I'm like, oh, my God, I could kick myself. I did it the other day, and I was fuming because the stylist came over and unpacked the bill with me, and she was like, you just need to add on a um, – uh, was it a treatment or a toner? I think it was a toner. You just need to add on a toner. And then those words rang in my head as I watched the guest walk out the door. And I was like, I've just not charged for that toner. It really annoyed me now. Um, so, yes, we all do it. But there we go. Guys, thank 
you so much for spending your Monday evening with me. It was lovely that Robert took the time to pop in. I think he was trying to pull Mary off a little bit as well, bless him, because I know that they've got this thing that they need to go do too. So it was lovely for them to give them that, give us that time. And I will be seeing you on Friday where we take an English salon um, and unpack how that stylist, all the strategies that she uses to get her bill super, super high. Um, and so if you've got stylists that are in this team training room, get them to log on and watch. You know, it's all good for them to understand how to get their average bill up. And if they weren't on the call tonight, get them just get them to go watch it either on YouTube or come into this um, onto Facebook and watch it there. Have a lovely rest of your evening, guys. Lots of love. Take care. And I'll see you Friday night at seven. Mwah. Well, that's a wrap for today. And if you want to connect on a deeper level to me, just jump on over to Facebook or IG. The links are in the show description and shoot me a message. Let me know you're there. I will catch you next week. <laughs>